The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What questions do the Cowboys still have to be answered as they look to take on the Los Angeles Rams this weekend? The defending Super Bowl champions will certainly provide a test, but just how many questions, again, do the Cowboys have left to answer? Of course, I'm with my man Tom Riles. This is Roy White. Uh, No S on the Riles. Sorry about that, Tom. You can follow him at Tom Ryle BTB. (laughs) You can follow me at RW3. And, of course, it is a Thursday where we get riled up on the Cowboys every Thursday, sponsored by our friends, bloggingtheboys.com. Make sure you check out all that great content with them. And let's not waste any time, Tom. The Cowboys seemingly have answered many of the questions that potentially were available. Mike McCarthy Mm -hmm. righted the ship, as you've stated, and deservedly so. Still deserves a lot of credit. I still say he's dead man walking because of that, but he deserves a lot of credit for what they've done. With that being said, Tom, as always, presents us with a number of questions that the Cowboys could potentially answer this weekend against the Super Bowl champions. Um, Perhaps we have a chance to find out something new. Yeah, uh, it's it's really been amazing to see how the past three weeks have unfolded. It's not that the Cowboys have been dominant. They have just been enough and actually against the commanders when you look at a 15 point victory that was the biggest margin of victory of the entire weekend uh admittedly it was against the commanders who are looking like they're going to be the the bottom dwellers in the nfc east and you know pretty far down there for the entire uh nfc but Still, you have to start wondering, just are, are they getting it together? They, they, the main thing is they seem to be playing within themselves, especially on offense. And, and that comes to the first question that we face. We know that they're going to be lining up and Cooper Rush is going to be looking across the line at Aaron Donald. And I'm guessing that they're going to try to find a way to get Donald uh, lined up against the left guard, who it looks like it's going to be a mix of uh, Connor McGovern and Jason Peters. Um, and Donald's is fearsome. The, the, the Rams have some, you know, they've got some other people to worry about on defense. But 
Can the Cowboys continue to get the job done? Are they is Kellen Moore and with Cooper Rush going to be able to keep getting the ball out quickly? Are they going to keep using a lot of those fast developing pass plays, which have been effective? Uh, it it can't be overlooked that this is going to be a lot closer to the uh, you know starting wide receiver trio that we uh, we are going to be rolling with hopefully through the rest of the season as Michael Gallup should be coming off of the pitch count at least to uh, at least to see the field more than he did last week. And it wasn't that they held him back a lot. It's just they didn't go to him a lot. They only threw three passes his way. But, you know, now he should be becoming a bigger part of it. Noah Brown is, to me, one of the, the surprise players uh, of this season. Uh, that I, you know, hoped had hoped he could step up into a wide receiver three role. He's filled it much better than I expected. And now we're seeing C.D. Lamb get his feet under him. You know, he had, uh, I think it was 97 yards mm-hmm. and a touchdown, just, you know, knocking at that 100-yard game uh, door. So, and that's the way I think they need to focus on going because, the Rams have been more vulnerable against the pass. Uh, you know, they, uh, they, they have allowed over 200 yards in every game except their opening win over the Atlanta Falcons. And a couple times the opponents have gotten real close to 300 yards a game. I'm not looking for Rush to get close to that. But he's been pretty consistent, uh, averaging 220 yards a game passing since he took over as a starter. If he can keep that going, maybe tick it up a little bit towards the 230, 240 range. I think the Cowboys can get enough done. The danger, something that I'm I'm nervous about because Kellen Moore talked about they've got to stick with the run, and the, the Rams have been stingy. Uh, the first game, they gave up over 100 yards. Since then, they've not allowed more than 90 yards uh, a game on the ground. If the Cowboys try to just keep pounding the ball, if it's not working, and they start getting negative plays, um, then Moore's going to have to wake up and just see what Rush can do with this team and see if they can keep moving the ball through the air, you know, get some passing going and then maybe, you know, just use the run as a, uh, you know, kind of a alternative thing. Throw it in there as a change of pace. Maybe hit a few big runs that way when they're having to, to pass defend. Uh, but they need to be showing the pass, I think, a lot more. And, of course, we've got to hope that Rush doesn't have a couple of bad mistakes like he had only get bailed out by penalties and when the two interceptions were called back because either of those could have really crushed this whole thing so yeah no question Uh, and those need to be remembered for those that are you know wanting to give cooper rush Dak prescott's job Uh, i was hopeful that maybe he could return for this rams game but it doesn't look like he's going to be available because mike mike mccarthy says he wants to get a full week of practice and if you saw Dak Prescott out there at the Rangers game taking in Aaron Judge's 60-second home run. He still had a pretty hefty thumb protector 
on his forearm. And that was on Tuesday night. So take that for what it's worth. Obviously we got the practice report as well to weigh in. And we know Cooper rush is going to be the guy. I, I mean, I have to say like, I don't really think that the luck for Cooper, I feel like there has been a little bit of luck here. And granted, I say that he deserves his credit too. He was PFF's third highest rated passer on not only intermediate passes between 10 and 19 yards in the time that he's been the starter, but also he was one of their highest rated quarterbacks. I believe he was their highest rated quarterback this past week, despite those penalties, right? So he's performed exceptionally well for a backup quarterback, but I also feel like, you know, part of the reason we feel so good and I feel it with you starting to feel it. You might be buying the hype again, Tom, but I think part of the reason why we feel that is because we've seen the floundering that's taken place amongst the front runners around the NFL. We saw the green Bay Packers kind of get undressed. We've seen Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers look scared and lost offensively. The 49ers don't scare anybody, right? And quite honestly, right now, the scariest team in the league might be in their own division, at least in, in, in the conference. And so it all that like makes me feel better about the offense until they go up against like a legitimate defense. And you got to remember that like when the Dak Prescott led offense was there, against what I felt like was a good Bucks defense, they didn't do much. And Cooper Rush, to his credit, has been good, but I haven't – I wouldn't say they've faced very tough defenses either. The Cincinnati Bengals aren't a defensive unit that's known for their prowess, and nor, neither are the Giants or the Commanders. Do you disagree? No, I, I don't. Uh, this is going to be perhaps their stoutest defensive – challenge of the year certainly the status they've had since Cooper Rush took over uh and we're gonna have to see uh you know is is Tyler Smith gonna continue to impress as the rookie left tackle uh can they hold together at left guard uh you know Tyler Biotish hasn't gotten mentioned which to me is a good thing and the same for Terrence Steele since that one game where he had all the penalties uh, you know, and then you know Zach Martin, just Zach Martin. So doing what he does. Uh, it's 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 it. To, you know the 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 point that you have to assume they're going to attack is that left guard, and you know it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, you know, will McGovern hold up when he's in? Is Jason Peters still enough of Jason Peters of old to be able to hold off Aaron Donald if he's coming his way? Which you know. I'm not horribly pessimistic about that, but it certainly has to be an open question until we see how it plays out. So that is, you know, it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to fall on more being able to keep calling plays within the abilities of what he's working with. And, you know, that basically is Cooper rush and if, and the offensive line. And if he can do that, if he can put them in a position to succeed and give them a favorable situation with the game plan and the play calling, then, yeah, I think the offense can hopefully get up into the 20s on points scored and, you know, maybe do some other things uh, and get it right. And that that's a good deal. What I feel a little bit more confident about, maybe a lot more confident about, is Dan Quinn's defense. Uh, 
this looks like an almost ideal setup for them. Uh, the, uh, you know, right now, Matthew Stafford is tied for the second most sacked quarterback in the NFL, or the team, their team is tied for having given up the second most sacks in the NFL. And here comes Dallas, which is tied for having gotten the second most sacks in the NFL. And I think coincidentally, the number is 16 for both of them. Uh, that just screams pass rush going to eat. Uh, you know, you've got Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong is out there. And, you know, maybe we'll see another Neville Gallimore burst up the middle because the Rams have a beat up offensive line. They're dealing with injuries, having to play backups. And that just sounds like a way to go. One thing the Cowboys have been vulnerable to this year is the quarterback taking off and getting yards with his legs. Well, folks, that ain't Matthew Stafford. He's got a grand total of 10 rushing yards in the first four games. He's not a take-off-and-beat-you kind of quarterback. Uh, I've got no doubt if he did try that, that there's probably three or four of the pass rushers that could catch him from behind before he got more than a couple of three steps. So I'm I'm just chomping at the bit. And there's also a great graphic that was put up uh, that showed the uh the 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 passing uh, pass rush win rate. Uh, it was not the pass rush win rate. It's it's Matthew Stafford's uh, throw chart where they break the field up into behind the line near passes, intermediate, deep passes. And if you look at, at what he's doing this year versus last year, his deep game is gone. It just it doesn't exist. He's not doing great in either the intermediate or, or the short passes either. Uh, you know, he's he's got some areas that he's quite weak in, where last year he was great deep uh, up the middle and pretty good to the sides. Right now, he just is barely getting anything done there. Um, you know, his passer rating so far is like, if you look at the deep passes if to the left, third of the field past 20 yards, he's only got a 51.0 passer rating. Up the middle, it's 39.6. And throwing to his right, it's 3.5. I mean, you don't get a passer rating much worse than that. Wow. Um, for the intermediate, throws in the middle it's only 40.5 uh if he tries to throw short he doesn't want to throw to the right because it's only 61.7 the only places he's really doing well uh are uh the uh the kind of intermediate to the right throws to the right which is his best place and then he's pretty good short throws to the left and you know if you look at that well as it turns out uh that's almost all Cooper Cup because Shocker. Cooper, yeah, Cooper Cup is 40% of their pass offense. 40% of their catches have been made by Cooper Cup. Uh, you know, there's there's nobody else that's that's as reliable that's getting the work done. Now that's a testament to how good Cup is, but I want to see how he matches up with Trayvon Diggs. 
if Diggs can slow that down, get a couple of those breakups, and you know maybe get a pick off of Stafford, uh, I think that will really slow down the whole Rams offense. And, uh, you know, the Rams, likewise, don't have a good running game. They've only averaged 68.5 yards a game. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you think uh, they should shadow Cooper Cup with Diggs? I would consider it. I think they should. I uh, kind of think yeah. so too because I'm not worried about what anybody else can do against you. I know that's not traditionally the way that Dan Quinn plays it with his defenses, but I would probably run it that way in this scenario because, you know, Allen Robinson's looks like, looked like a shell of himself. They don't yeah. really have a great over the top option. And as you stated, if the offensive line is in shambles, you can't expect them to really beat you deep anyway, because Matthew Safford ain't going to have the time to do it. So yeah. uh, there's a lot of reasons why on this particular question, right? Unlike the first question where I think maybe we could see them finally take a little bit of st- of a step back under Cooper Rush's, you know, infinite reign. Um, at the same time, the defense is definitely going to feast. And yeah. it, there's a lot of if, reasons why. If there's anything that worries me, it's that they might let Cam Akers get rolling. Uh, they've got to avoid that because they can't let the other teams start running the ball on them. Um, the Rams haven't done that yet. But, you know, the Cowboys – it seems like when the Cowboys get beat in a game that we really thought they should have won, it's because some, the other team did something that was uncharacteristic. And so that's something I think the Cowboys have to be very aware of. Uh, you know, that's going to be on uh, – mostly, I think, on Anthony Barr and Leighton Vanderish to make sure that that run doesn't get going. Uh, so we'll have to see – see how that plays out. But I feel, you know, I feel fairly confident the defense is going to have a good day against the Rams. I think they will too. Although although the running game does worry me about how they struggle against it, but, you know, ESPN does track a stat. I apologize that I jumped in with the pass rush win rate thing, but it was in my mind because the Cowboys actually have three defensive linemen who rank in the top 10 in pass rush win rate at their position. Now the first two are obvious Parsons and DeMarcus Lawrence. Had you seen this graphic, Tom? And are you aware of who the third one is on the interior? I did see it, but off the top of my head, I'm not remembering who the third one is. Osa Odigizua. And yeah, that one, I think, I mean, not that surprising if you've watched the play of the interior and really the offense, you know, the defensive line in general this season, but You know, that was the only team that could say they had three players on that on those lists. Yeah. And it was there was a tie for the 10th spot. So I think it was a total of 12 players. That's an outstanding showing. 
And it, it says to me that the Cowboys aren't just rushing off the edges. They're collapsing the pocket up the middle, which they did not do last year. Mm. Uh, we all saw what Neville Gallimore can, can bring to the table last week when he got his sack, just basically going up the middle untouched. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of exciting to me. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting to see what they can do. I think this is a great chance for the defense. Yeah, again, to, the stability to... of the defense, like the stability of it has made me yeah. feel so much more confident about every matchup than at any time when their offense was firing on all cylinders over the past decade. Yeah, and and now it looks like J. Ron Curse is back this week. So it just could yeah. get better. Well, the thing is the drop-off – that's what's made this defense so impressive is that the drop-off has been little to none. Yeah. Like Donovan Wilson stepped in for Jaron Curse, and granted, we're all happy to have Curse back. It is an upgrade. But Donovan and Wilson played absolutely just fine in, in his and, stead. And look for Quinn to have a lot of snaps when he's got Curse, Wilson, and Malik Hooker all on the field. Because Curse plays up in that kind of hybrid linebacker role, which could be really good for slowing down the pat the the running game rather and yeah i just like i said uh, you know I, i'm hoping we don't wind up falling on our face a little bit with our enthusiasm over the defense but right now i just don't see a reason not to let's you know i've, I've had the, the the mantra of you know i'll believe it when i see it and now it's the point of i'm gonna believe this defense can go until they show me they can't and right now they haven't come close. You know, they're the only defense in the league that hasn't allowed 20 points a game yet and has only given up one touchdown per game to the op opponents. Well, if they don't get their credit due this weekend, right, if they perform well and everybody says it's because the Rams were injured or because Matthew Stafford was hurt, well, all they got to do is wait one more week for that matchup <laughs> against Philadelphia, because at this point of the season, even, you know, unless Jalen Hurts gets rocked and is out of that contest, I think that is going to be the primo matchup of the weekend come next weekend, because, you know, both of these teams do look to be legitimate on both sides of the ball. And to me, that's kind of the, what I'm looking ahead at as the real test that the Cowboys will face both offensively yeah. and defensively. But yes. for now, what they've got is the Rams in front of them, and I certainly feel good about answering question number two. Yeah, uh, and isn't it odd to think of the fact that if the playoffs were to start today, the NFC would have NFC East would have three teams in. Hey, look up! We're the best division in the NFC. Everybody saw that coming. Yeah, <laughs> as in nobody. <laughs> uh, the, now the the the. The other questions I have are a little more limited because that's pretty big. We basically talk our offense and our defense against mm -hmm. them. Uh, but the, the next one it gets down to a specific thing, and that is the red zone woes. Now, there's two sides to this coin. The Cowboys offense, their biggest flaw, I think, has been the fact that they just aren't getting it done in the red zone. They've only scored touchdowns uh, basically 56% of the time when they get into the red zone. Uh, they come away with points since uh, unless Brett Maher gets his, his kick blocked, he's going to put it through the uprights right now, which is 
another thing I did not expect to be saying this, you know, four games into the season. Hmm. But they need to get better when they get in close. They need to start getting touchdowns instead of field goals. And they need to get close more often. They have a, do have a tendency to stall before they get down there. Uh, they only had nine trips in the red zone total this, this season. And they need to get, instead of, you know, just – just a little over two, they need to start getting there, you know, four or five times a game. And then, you know, we can see good things start to happen. But I said there's two sides to it. The flip side is that it's been even harder for opponents, the Cowboys. Uh, they only get touchdowns 43% of the time, and they've only gotten there seven times all year. That's a pretty significant accomplishment that's kind of, you know, maybe missed among all the other great defensive stats they've had. Uh, they're just holding teams out from getting in close where it's easier to score touchdowns or supposed to be anyway. Uh, so, you know, it, it kind of works with both the offense and the defense. And that's, that's, I think a good thing. Yeah. It's uh, working in their favor because of how stand-up the defense is. But I think this is a question that gets auto-corrected when Dak Prescott returns. Most of these red zone trips have taken place with Cooper Rush at the helm. And for that yeah. reason, I kind of feel like we auto-correct when Dak Prescott comes back, assuming he can use his legs a little bit more because I think his familiarity with Lamb and Gallup and Brown all out there together again is going to make him a much more potent quarterback, not only – that, but also with the fully healthy Dalton Schultz, who should hopefully be one week healthier this weekend. And even if uh, he is, even if the Cowboys or if Dak Prescott isn't ready even for the Eagles game, I just think having Gallup back in the mix may make them more uh, impactful because, you know, he scored the first touchdown of the game. Uh, you know, on a play where it looked like he was racing C.D. Lamb to get open first. <laughs> and uh, that was that was encouraging to see. Uh, it was also nice to see him hit from a little bit deeper out on the C.D. Lamb pass. So hopefully mm -hmm. we'll see more of that coming too. I just, I think that the, I think having Gallup and Lamb with Brown out there working with them is going to, to, to make a change uh, in how this offense goes for the better. So uh, now let's get to another thing, and this is this is something I've been watching for some time. It's I call, it's the thing about hidden yards against the Commanders. The Cowboys had terrible field position. Now, if you look at the numbers for the whole game, they're a little bit better, but that's deceptive because their last two positions were the only ones they started in Washington territory. Uh, one was on Deron Bland's interception. Uh, that was pretty much the play, I think, that ended that game for all intents and purposes. And then the uh, Washington had to go for an up fourth down, and the Cowboys just slapped that away like, don't bother us with this stuff. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they they outside of that, though, they only got the ball on average at their own 19-yard line. And, you know, there were a couple or three that were at the 10 or, or inside the 10. And that just is a rough thing to do, especially when you've got Cooper Rush, who is not the kind of quarterback who's often going to get you chunk yards 
or at least he hasn't been. I mean, maybe that'll open up for him this game. We never know. But in general, you don't expect him to be able to, to march him, you know, 80 yards down the field uh, multiple times in a game. Um, so, you know, the, the, the commanders had a big advantage in that. Uh, although their their numbers were also skewed by the Brian Anger shank, which hopefully we won't see again this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they still had an average starting position at their own 28. That's, you know, over the course of a game, that adds up. That field position, the, the, the hidden yardage I referred to, which is a Bill Parcells term I picked up back when he was the head coach, that is something that, that – over the course of a game can make a difference. If you have uh, an eight, nine yard advantage over your team, then your game, you have almost a hundred yards or more advantage over the course of the game. And that can translate into a score. And in a tight game, that can be pretty crucial. Uh, So that needs, needs to, something needs to be done. We were hoping Cavante Turpin would help, but yeah, where do you stand on his his involvement, his contributions, more or less than what you expected? It's it's I think it's it's less than I'd hoped, uh, and that's simply because you know, as we mentioned back in preseason, unfortunately they showed their cards a little too early with him, and other teams are not giving him an opportunity to return the. The, the ball they're you know they're they're punting to the sidelines they're punting high and giving their coverage team a chance to get down there and they're just consistently kicking it through the end zone not to even give him a chance to return kickoffs so he has been somewhat neutralized by the strategy of the other teams which is you know the only logical thing for a team to do you know you don't want to risk your your game on letting him have a chance to rip off a big one, score a touchdown, or at least put the team in an excellent scoring position. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so they have to, they have to do that. And, and there's also, this is something the the defense has, has not done as well as you might think. They're not getting enough three and outs. Uh, they're allowing the other team to get up, you know, in the vicinity of the 50 which makes it easier for them to pin the Cowboys deep on a punt. So that's another little thing that, that they need to work on. You know, fortunately in, in the grand scheme, those are, are not as significant as so many other things. Uh, so maybe it's something they can turn around. You know, the special teams look good largely because Brett Marr is doing so well. And now, of course, we've got another problem. We're going to be trying a new long snapper this week. Mm. Uh, you know, they have no choice. It's uh, Jake McQuaid went on IR and is lost for the season. So now they've got a couple guys in. And they've got to hope that one of those guys can snap it well enough. That they don't have, you know, Brian Anger chasing down a ball that that, that misses him on the back or, or there's a problem getting it set up for a Brett Marr kick. You want to talk uh, about one position that could completely derail like your scoring ability and your field position yeah. game. It's that. Uh that's that's very concerning, right? Like it's it's not at all concerning if it goes great, but it's very concerning to hear that because of how impactful that position 
can be if anything goes wrong. The good news is that somehow most NFL teams manage to have a pretty good long snapper. Uh, you know, it is, it is a very specific skill set, and it's all the guy does. Mm. So hopefully one of these guys they've got coming in, you know, uh, I don't have their names uh, off the top of my head, but, you know, hopefully one of these guys is going to show that he can get the job done and be reliable back there. But it is something to kind of keep our eye on. So, you know, if they can get that situation so they're not starting with bad field position, which they've had problems with in the past few years at times. Uh, so that needs to be fixed. The only other thing I've got is just kind of, it's kind of, it was kind of a fun thing I kind of threw in just mm-hmm. to, to, to wrap things up. Will the Super Bowl hangover continue? Because quite frankly, both the Cincinnati Bengals and the Rams seem to be suffering from it. Uh, they're both off. To, I think they're both two and two. Uh, you know, uh, coming out of the Super Bowl, which is you know, you kind of almost expect that nowadays with the guy with the team that loses it. But yeah, they're the kind Rams, of different two and twos, though, right? The Bengals started off zero and two, and now they're two and two. Yeah, so and, they may be coming around. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, like, it would all kind of depend on Joey Burrow's health, and it all sort of depends on Matt Stafford's health as well. Like, if this elbow thing is legitimate and yeah. his shoulder thing is legitimate, and it seems to be because it's being talked about in Los Angeles around the team, and I think it's it, it's illustrated in the details of the uh, of the items you went over earlier, right, in terms of where yeah. he's missing and why. Um, yeah, I didn't mention I didn't mention it, but that definitely seems to be impacting his his deep throws, which I think is why they become such a short uh, pass. Yeah, because that's not Allen Robinson's game. Allen Robinson isn't a possession type of wide receiver. He's a take the top off type of guy, and he really hasn't even been given that many opportunities. Not only that, I mean, considering they signed him to a big deal this offseason and let Robert Woods walk. I think they might be regretting that decision or waiting out Odell Beckham's, you know, rehab. Right. But either yeah, way, yeah. they're going to have to figure it out, you know, without uh, the other guy to watch out for, though, on that offense that I would say Tyler Higby starting to yeah. come around as a little bit of a weapon from a tight end standpoint. But, you know, maybe the guy on the other side that had that we like barely have talked about for the Cowboys, Lade Vanderesh has quietly put together a pretty nice year right he's yeah, at his if, best when he like is quiet right in the woods just doing yeah. his own thing hunt wolves yeah i i think the linebacker group uh you know depending upon how they deploy michael parsons i think between vanderish parsons and anthony Barr, they can come up with an answer for the tight end because uh, we know parsons can cover when they put him on a receiver Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw him just absolutely undress a guy when when they tried to get a ball out quick. He's just, just right on top of it, batting it away, saying, no, you There's ain't not enough statements to make as to, like, how great he is. Like, I said it at the beginning <laughs> of the season, and I feel like I need to keep retweeting it. He is the best football player every weekend that he's playing on the entire planet. Yeah, I, I I think there's certainly an argument to make for it. You know, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, even though they you know they have different roles, 
it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he and Aaron Donald compare, because if there's a guy that, that compare that is in the same conversation defensively, I think it's Donald and he's been there for a long time. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I think the Cowboys might be able to handle that. And it really, I'm, I think, you know, with the Allen Robinson thing, you're hitting on something that, that that's probably the reason why the, he is not there is that, Stafford just may not be able to get the ball out, ball to him down there. So a lot of, I mean, it's a lot of speculation on my part, but you're trying to put the pieces together as to why that offense does appear like a show of itself and, and what it's been in the past. I mean, however, we're all remembering, we all have fond memories of Cam Akers running wild on this thing, right? So, or of the, uh, excuse me, of the Rams, you know, offense running wild on this thing. So, we don't want to see a repeat of that, and mm-hmm. hopefully that will not be the case. Any predictions, Tom, for the game as the Cowboys take on the Rams on Sunday? Yeah, uh, I th- I think we're going to see something very similar to what we've seen uh, before. Uh, the I, I I am going to go ahead and say maybe the, the defense will keep their string of just allowing one touchdown intact. Uh, the Cowboys have been kind of have been bumping their point total every week. So I'm looking for like 27, 16 Cowboys. Okay. I got it a little closer. I got it 21, 18 Cowboys. I don't know how they get there, but I, I think the Cowboys win it. I just think uh, the Rams might make this one interesting because I feel like the Cowboys have been, you know, have benefited from, uh, as you mentioned, right, a couple of turnovers that probably should have been that wound up not being thanks to penalties. I don't know if they get so lucky every weekend, and this feels like one of those weekends that maybe goes against them. They got to fight through some adversity to pick up a victory. Yeah, and, but, and don't you also feel that the Cowboys are overdue a defensive score now? Mm, a defensive <laughs> or a special teams touchdown. You're yep. right. We are overdue. Might be a great time for it. That's the Riled Up Podcast. Stay with us every Thursday. We'll bring it to you, and we'll stay riled up on the Cowboys. For Tom, I'm Roy. We'll see you next week.